Welcome back to the Der Show. I just finished watching the United States um, uh, soccer team. They call it football there. Uh, beat the Iranian uh, team one to nothing. For most Americans, you know, soccer is uh, just another sport. Some people like basketball, some people like baseball, some people like football. Fewer people like soccer. Increasingly, young kids are playing soccer. It's developing into a a major sport, but certainly not in a league with uh, with football, basketball, and baseball. But around the rest of the world, soccer is is life or death. It, it's a blood sport. It it uh, affects the dignity of countries. Um, um, officials have been attacked. Um, players have been attacked. Deaths have uh, resulted. Uh, when you watch the faces of some of these um, uh, fans and the players, you, you sense an amazing difference between um, how, how soccer is perceived in the United States and how soccer is perceived elsewhere. You know, it, it's so important to some countries that reports recently said that both Qatar and uh, Iran hired actors uh, to come sit in the stands, pretend they were from those countries and, you know, wore shirts from those countries and um, perceptive journalists uh, picked that up and um, saw that, you know, it was a lot of a lot of phony uh, support in, in the stands. I don't know what they expect to accomplish through that. I guess it will stimulate the players a bit and, and make it seem like the country has a widespread uh, support. Um, this was an important game for America. It uh, put them in the next round and it knocked Iran out of the tournament. They have to go home. And I don't envy them because in Iran, everything is religious and political and um, matters of life and death. Uh, according to CNN, um, the uh, Revolutionary Guard uh, came into the locker room of the Iran players uh, some of whom had not sung the national anthem in, in, in protest of how Iran is treating women and, and protesters. And apparently, the, according to CNN, they have documentation of it, the uh, Revolutionary Guard threatened the players' families and saying they would be tortured and killed. Um, I don't, haven't heard that they threatened the players themselves if they didn't win. But the expression on some of those players' faces suggested to me maybe they believed uh, that that was possible. And of course, the Iranians are, are, are clever about this. They don't let families out with the players. If the families will let out with the players, uh, at least some of the players will probably defect and, and come to the United States or France or Germany or England um, and not stay in Iran, which is a, a prison and uh, where a woman can be killed for wearing uh, the wrong clothing or not wearing the, the right clothing. These protests were generated in part at least um, as a result of the death of a, a young woman who was picked up by the, I guess they call them the modesty police or something like that, uh, because she wasn't wearing an appropriate uh, garb for a, for a single uh, a woman. Uh, Iran is a very complex country. It's one of the most modern Middle East countries. 
uh, in terms of technology and education has brilliant, brilliant people and it has throughout history, but its government is one of the most primitive in the world. It, it executes gay people. Um, it murders uh, tens of thousands of, of dissidents. Um, it uh, tortures and, and, and maims um, people who have violated religious uh, prohibitions. There's no separation between church and state. In fact, there is no state. There's just uh, religion and the Revolutionary Guard. This is a country that may soon be crossing the threshold into developing nuclear weapons. It would be the first terrorist state to obtain nuclear uh, weapons. Uh, uh, Iran exports more terrorism than any country in the world and perhaps more than all the countries in the world uh, combined. Um, they export it all over the world. They export it in parts of Africa, parts of Asia. And of course, they wholly own Hezbollah, which is a terrorist group that now controls uh, Lebanon. And they have very significant control over Hamas, a terrorist group so designated by the United States and by European countries uh, in, the, in the Gaza uh, Strip. And uh, so Iran is clearly a religiously totalitarian uh, a country. And um, uh, I suspect that the loss to America, and you know, losing to America, which is the great Satan, uh, according to uh, the Iranian leaders, there are two Satans. There's the great Satan in the United States and the small Satan, Israel, which is supposed to be just uh, a smaller version of, of the United States. Um, and um, the, losing to the United States um, is especially humbling and especially difficult and especially humiliating to, um, to the Iranian Guard and to those who, who run, who run um, Iran. Look, sports is politics. Um, we've known that for a long time. In 1936, the Olympic Committee um, allowed Nazi Germany to host the 1936 Olympics. Uh, the United States team included uh, a Jewish runner, name was Marty Glickman, I think, uh, on the relay team. And Hitler said, no, we're not going to let any Jews run in the Olympics. And virulent anti-Semite named Brundage, uh, um, who was the head of the U.S. Olympic Committee, acceded to Hitler's wishes and bumped Marty Glickman uh, off the team. The team won the relay because Jesse Owens uh, was on the team. And he was, of course, the fastest runner in the world at the time. And that embarrassed Hitler uh, somewhat. But you know, the Olympics shouldn't be uh, political or partisan, and, and neither should the World Cup. But it is. Um, the decision to put the World Cup in, in Qatar was a political decision, a very, very controversial and disputed uh, decision. Of course, Qatar was knocked out in the first round. They didn't score a single point. Uh, uh, that is a point in the scores, scoring, not, not talking about goals. And um, they lost all their games. Um, that's one of the first times a host team has ever done that. But um, again, politics, politics, politics. Um, um, this was something that Qatar wanted to benefit from um, politically, economically, diplomatically. Um, they purposely moved 
the timing of the World Cup, which is usually in the summer, to the winter because it's too hot in Qatar to play uh, soccer or football um, in the summer. And you know, Qatar is a beautiful place. I've been there uh, twice. I was invited to go to the World Cup uh, by the Qatari government. And uh, I made a decision to watch it on television instead. Um, so so I, I didn't go. Indeed, I'm in Israel now. And the Qatari government to encourage people to come to the World Cup actually allowed flights, just a couple, but flights directly between Israel and Qatar for the first time in history. Uh, Qatar doesn't recognize Israel's right to exist, has no diplomatic relationships with Israel, helps to fund Hamas and perhaps other terrorist organizations. But when it comes to the World Cup, all is forgiven and all is forgotten. It's really a tragedy that Israel on the merits didn't qualify for the World Cup because if it had qualified and had it been scheduled to play against Iran, Iran would have forfeited. It would refuse to play and perhaps would have been thrown out of the um, World Cup by FIFA. Ironically, Iran tried to throw the United States out of the World Cup. Uh, they filed a complaint uh, with FIFA because the United States put on its website a flag, an Iranian flag, which didn't have the religious symbols in it. Um, uh, it had only kind of the secular symbols and 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 the current and the colors. And um, and uh, Iran filed a complaint. The United States ultimately restored the flag to its right place in the website, but it just wanted to at least have some kind of a, a symbolic uh, protest against what's going on in Iran. And what's going on in Iran is serious. It's the most serious uh, series of protests really since um, the uh, mullahs took over, um, which was a great tragedy. The United States made a terrible mistake. Uh, you know, the Shah was terrible, but what replaced him was worse. Uh, Saddam Hussein was terrible, but what replaced him may turn out to be worse. Uh, sometimes the devil you know is, is better than the devil you don't. I think it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt who was asked why he had relationships with uh, a certain dictator in a Central American uh, a country. Uh, the guy said to him, you shouldn't be related, relating to this country. It's led by a son of a bitch. And Roosevelt's classic response was, yeah, but he's our son of a bitch. And so, so much for human rights. You know, countries don't have morality. They have interests, just their own interests. Sometimes their interests correspond with morality. Um, sometimes they don't. But morality itself generally doesn't determine governmental uh, policies. You know, sometimes it does to some degree. The United States relationships with Saudi Arabia was deeply affected in a negative way by the Saudi murder of uh, the reporter of the Washington Post, Khashoggi, uh, who without a doubt was murdered with the uh, approval, probably by the orders of the, the ruling um, people in, in Saudi Arabia. And that has soured relationships. Um, but those relationships will be restored because the United States needs Saudi Arabia 
and Saudi Arabia needs the United States. It's in both of their interests to forgive and forget. And over time, the United States will, uh, if not forgive, at least not allow the Khashoggi murder to be a barrier to um, um, the continued relationship between uh, the Saudis and, and the United States. Saudis and the United States have something in common. They have an enemy in common, uh, Iran. Iran would love to take over the oil fields of, of Saudi Arabia. And if it ever does develop nuclear weapons, it may well try. Remember that you can't fight a war against a country that is prepared to use nuclear weapons. Now, Russia has nuclear weapons, but there's no indication that they're planning to employ them against uh, Ukraine. But you, but but uh, Iran would deploy nuclear weapons if they were to develop them, and if they were to develop them, and if they were to march into uh, any of the um, uh, Gulf states, Arab countries, uh, the United States would would be stymied. It could use diplomatic relations, etc. And I personally hope the United States does not at least now get back into the Iran deal, which, by the way, is a treaty and requires two thirds of the Senate approval. But that's not what the administration thinks. They think it's an executive agreement and can be done just by the president without the approval of the Senate. I think they're wrong. And if they try to bring back the deal, a number of us are planning to bring a lawsuit uh, challenging uh, the, the uh, Iran uh, treaty. Uh, it would be the dumbest thing to right now give Iran billions and billions of dollars. They're suffering economically. They're suffering from the sanctions. There are protests in the, in the street, serious protests. And those protests would disappear if uh, the, the United States were to pay billions of dollars to Iran, much of which could be distributed essentially um, as bribes to the, to the protesters. Also, they could use it to help you know, employment, obviously much of it would be used to help to develop nuclear weapons and to help export uh, terrorism. Uh, so so it's, it's a complicated story. Iran's a complicated country. It's a complicated country because it's a country that consists of some of the smartest people in the world. Their, their cyber work is uh, comparable to that of some of the leading countries uh, of the world. Their scientific developments are, are great. And their ability to develop nuclear weapons is is considerable, which is why both the United States and Israel have engaged in targeted assassination of um, people, including scientists, who were essential to the development of weapons of mass destruction, which could be used against um, Israel, the United States, American soldiers in Germany and Italy, and, and that kind of thing, or even in, uh, in, in the Gulf states. We have an enormous um, presence, military presence, um, in, in um, uh, Gulf countries, and uh, that would be threatened by an Iranian uh, nuclear weapon as well. But, you know, I wish the Iranian players well. They played a really good game. Um, there were a couple of instances where uh, an American player fell and an Iranian player helped him up, and vice versa. Good sportsmanship prevailed. There were some close calls. There were some protested calls. But I wish the players well. Um, the players seem like you know, decent young men um, who were willing to risk um, a lot by not singing the national anthem. Now, they sang the national anthem the second game after being visited by their friends from the Revolutionary Guard who, as I said, according to reports, 
uh, threatened their families with torture and, and, and murder. If you've seen the great series, I don't remember which station it's on, called Tehran, it's wonderful. It's uh, all about um, Iran and about Israeli efforts to infiltrate uh, Iranian intelligence and to obtain information necessary for its own self-defense. Uh, and so congratulations to the United States. Uh, we'll be watching you in the knockout round and um, uh, very little likelihood that the United States will win the tournament um, for important reasons. Again, we don't uh, train uh, young people from literally the day they're born to use their feet. We're much more of an arm sports culture, football, basketball, baseball, uh, legs are important, but um, Europeans and um, other people who love soccer the way and passionately the way these other countries do live soccer from the moment of birth practically. And, um, these guys play volleyball with their feet um, uh, on the beach. Um, they have a game of volleyball where you can't touch the ball with your hands. You can only touch it with your head and your feet. And they do these scissors and they they slam the ball down. Um, uh, it's going to be a long time before America can do that. America has some great players. The goalie is great. Aronson is great. There are a lot of really, really good players. And hopefully the United States will move on. It came close to not moving on a tie. If Iran had managed to tie the game, the United States would be going home. But, you know. For American fans, fortunately, there was no tie, and the United States scored one goal early and kept uh, the Iranians at bay, almost not. Toward the end, there was a very, very close uh, play where the goalie was out of position, but one of the defenders managed to kick the ball free of the goal. And so congratulations again to America. Condolences to uh, Iran. I hope that the Iranian players are, are treated well, and if they're not, I hope the world will uh, notice and, and try to protect and, and defend them and condemn uh, anybody who tries to interfere or politicize uh, sports. So um, I don't usually talk about sports, but this was this was special. This was more than a simple sporting event. This was part of the world political uh, situation. Okay, let's turn to some letters. The letters um, today were just so upsetting and so disturbing. You'll recall that I spoke about Kanye West and this other vicious anti-Semite named Fuentes and asked the question, what was President Trump thinking when he invited Kanye West to, uh, to the White House? Now, he didn't know that Fuentes was coming and he didn't know anything about Fuentes and I believe that. And they didn't discuss Jews at the table, um, but he shouldn't have invited Kanye West. Um, I got a lot of letters uh, defending Kanye West and a lot of letters defending anti-Semitism. Let me read you some of them. I'll read some of them without responding just to, to, to give you a sense, a smattering of what kind of idiots watch my show um, and, and write me these letters. Um, why are you watching my show if you have these attitudes? All right, here's a few. Anti-Semitism is the natural reaction to Jewish behavior. In other words, anti-Semitism is, is, is the right thing. Uh, next, Kanye told the truth about Jews in the media. Jews also control monetary issues as well. 
Jews aren't anywhere near moral authorities, considering what passes for, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, and it goes on. I am an anti-Semitic. Guys can't even write a sentence together. I am an anti-Semitic. I hate Zionists, the IDF, and Israel. My mother was a Jew and took me to the temple on Saturdays, but I renounced anything Jewish when I was nine years old. I have the right to hate anyone and anything. To me, Zionists are pure shit. Let's first understand what Zionists are. The Zionists are the vast majority of Jews. A Zionist is just somebody who believes that Israel has the right to exist. Um, most evangelical Christians are Zionists, and most Americans are Zionists. Even if they don't use the term, polls show that the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans believe that Israel has the right to exist as the nation state of the Jewish people. Why not? Um, they've lived there for 4,000 years. That's where the Bible came from, both the Old and the New Testament. That's where the Temple Mount was. Um, um, and, and if you just believe that, that uh, I am now in a country that has the right to exist, you're a Zionist. Zionist doesn't say anything special about what your views are toward uh, Israel. You can be virulently anti-Netanyahu, anti the current government. You're still a Zionist. When I went to a Zionist camp when I was 10 years old, uh, one of the counselors in my division was Noam Chomsky, who hates Israel and is opposed to all Israeli policies. But back in those days, he called himself a left-wing Zionist. And, and so Zionist is not a dirty word. I'm a proud uh, Zionist, which isn't saying much. I just believe with most Americans that Israel has the right to exist and to thrive. You know, it's approaching its 75th birthday now, and I can tell you no country in the history of the world has ever contributed more to humanity, health, uh, science, technology, agriculture, in a short 75-year period uh, than, than the United States, than Israel has during its first uh, 75 years. So I, I wish it well, and let it continue to do great, great things for the world. Uh, here's an interesting one. This is the opposite of what I've been reading. Why does every podcast about anti-Semitism get followed by countless acts of anti-Semitism and comments of anti-Semitism? Why do the anti-Semites crawl out of the rocks, under the rocks, when you mention anti-Semitism? Well, that's proved by, by some of my letters. Face it, Mr. Dershowitz, Jewish bankers and oligarchs will keep your religion, Israel's reputation in the sewer. Hitler had a valid point. It ultimately comes down to that. You know, if you're an anti-Semite, you're going to support Hitler. Hitler did the right thing. Uh, there's only criticism of Hitler. They didn't kill enough Jews. He kept a few thousand of them alive in Poland. Um, that was his big his big mistake. Um, uh, Hitler had a valid point about Jewish central bankers. You just couldn't even get jobs in banks. When I was growing up, you couldn't get a job in a regular, ordinary commercial bank, a savings bank, if you were Jewish. But I guess they control the world. Um, uh, Jews control the world. They beat me. They shoot at me. They lynch my family. They put me in debt for life. Uh, make me toil till broken, uh, then sit in high-rise buildings collecting 10% off the top. You are destined to be 
despised. It's so important to know what these people are, are thinking, what these bigots are thinking. Uh, yet another yid, yid is a, a word for, for Jews, um, stirring up the anti-Semitic pot. The world is going to hell because of you people, and yet you still cry out uh, as if they hit you. Poor, poor Jews. It goes on and on and on. Why do Jews have sex with children? Why does anybody have sex with children? It's disgusting. And, uh, oh, of course, then it follows up with me. Alan is a pedophile Jew. Not enough to call me a pedophile. Um, I obviously never had sex with anybody underage in my, in my life and uh, for the last 40 years with anybody who wasn't my wife. Um, but uh, I'm not only a pedophile, I'm a pedophile Jew. That's the important uh, point about it. No, no recognition of the fact that the woman who accused me uh, has now said she may have made a mistake in identifying me. This is a good one. Do you condemn the anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party? Yes, I do. I condemn Ilan Omer. I condemn uh, other anti-Semites within the Democratic Party, and I uh, railed against them. And I think the Democratic Party has been too tolerant of, of anti-Semites, putting Ilan Omer on the Foreign Relations Committee um, with her anti-Semitic views. Remember, she's the one who said, it's the Benjamins, baby. That's the only reason why any senators vote for Israel, because they're paid off. That's, you know, that's a member of, of Congress. This is an interesting one. I hope that those of you who are Lutherans won't take this as uh, an insult. Lutherism, contemporary Lutherism is a wonderful religion. It does a great many things. But here is somebody who correctly quotes the actual Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the founder of Lutherism and the founder of Protestantism. Uh, fortunately, Protestantism has transcended uh, Martin Luther. So here are some of his quotes. If I had to baptize a Jew, I would take him to the bridge at the Elba, hang a stone around his neck, and push him over with the words, I baptize you in the name of Abraham. They are real liars and bloodhounds who continually perverted and falsified all of scripture. Oh, how fun they are of the book of Esther, which is so beautifully attuned to their bloodthirsty, vengeful, murderous yearning and hope. Um, the sun has never shone on a more bloodthirsty invention people. Uh, Martin Luther was um, uh, one of the uh, sources of the anti-Semitism that ultimately resulted in the Shoah and the Holocaust. And um, I wrote about him uh, in my book, Chutzpah, and I gave these and other quotes. And a number of Lutherans wrote to me and said they were shocked. They had no idea because the current Lutheran church rejects all of these uh, views and, um, and, and uh, said that now that they were aware of it, they would make sure that the Lutheran Church, the current Lutheran Church, never, never adopted a Martin Luther's virulent anti-Semitism. Uh, he did a lot of good, um, but he was a bigot and an anti-Semite. Bishop Tutu did a lot of good. He was a bit bigot and an anti-Semite. Okay, be honest. Everything ye West said was true and not anti-Semitic. Death con three to the Jews. Uh, you are a pedophile, of course. And you are a perfect example of what Ye West was attempting to shine some light on, you shady, 
do 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 duplicious schlemiel. The more I listen to Dershowitz's demented, bent liberal thinking, the closer I get to understanding why people hate Jews to begin with. So I'm now the cause because I vote Democrat, so I must be uh, a subject of appropriate anti-Semitism. Why has every Fed chair been Jewish in the last sec six decades? Come on, man. First of all, I don't know that that's true, but if it is, it's because they were highly qualified and because presidents of different parties picked the most qualified person to be um, uh, the Fed chair. I don't know what their religions were, but even if it turns out that many, most, all uh, were Jewish. I mean, the basic essential of anti-Semitism is you people, the Jews. You know, there's no such thing. Uh, people, some of the people I hate most in the world happen to be Jewish. Some of the people I love most in the world happen to be Jewish. Some of the people I love most in the world are not Jewish. So, you know, there's no Jewish people. Um, Jews are divided over every issue. They're divided about Israel. They're divided liberal, Democrat, conservative, Republican, all of that. But when they lump them together, the Jews control the media. Yeah, they're individual people, some of whom are Jewish, who have worked their way up to the media, but they're not a cabal. They're not a conspiracy. They don't get together like the protocol of the elders of Zion, a forgery from czarist Russia, to plan how the world will be destroyed. That's the essence of anti-Semitism. It's blaming the Jews for everything that goes wrong in the world. You are more repulsive than Nick Fuentes. Take your pathetic fake anti-Semitism bullshit and shove it up your Ashkenazi ass control freak. Um, you know, again, just it speaks for itself. Um, get over yourself, you silly man. You are a Zionist and not a Jew. That's a different thing. It is. Of course, it's a different thing. There are Jews who are not Zionists, and there are many, many non-Jews who are Zionists. But the word Zionist has become a euphemism um, on campuses and other places for anti-Semitism. You know, you can't credibly be an anti-Semite today on a university campus, but you can credibly be an anti-Zionist. And often the term anti-Zionist is just used to describe Jews. And so um, in Berkeley, for example, the Berkeley Law School has banned any Zionist from speaking at 14 uh, clubs, which means 90% of the Jews at uh, the University of California Law School at Berkeley are banned from speaking about anything not the Middle East, tax policy, abortion, the Constitution, you name it. But 90% of Jews are now banned from speaking at any of these clubs. So look in the mirror, folks, and, and ask yourself how many of you harbor these views. And why are you watching my show? Please stop watching my show. Um, you're, lo you're looking for material? You think you're going to get material? Uh, from me that justifies your anti-Semitism, that's pretty sick. So tomorrow we'll talk about a more elevated uh, topic, but uh, to you anti-Semites, crawl back under your rocks. Good night.